Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's up, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Believe in Falcons. I am your host, Will McFadden. Unfortunately, I am back with you guys much sooner than I expected to be. Yes, there will be another episode coming out Thursday morning on our usual cadence, but I'm just popping back in here uh, on Monday afternoon to share a little uh, thought on Grady Jarrett and the news that came out uh, today that he is done for the season after uh, suffering an ACL injury very, very early in uh, Sunday's 28-23 loss to the Tennessee Titans. And man, it it just sucks. It really hurts your heart, I think, to hear this about a player as well-respected as, as Grady Jarrett. Obviously, we all felt really good um, for him experiencing the type of success that Atlanta's defense uh, has been experiencing so far this season. He is still a huge part of this group, or at least, you know, up until this injury, uh, even though statistically he is off to one of the slower starts in his career. But all of that is kind of besides the point now, because the Falcons will be without their leader in the middle of the trenches. Now, yes, they still have David Onyemata. They still have Calais Campbell. They still have some dudes who they have brought in. And the reason that this defense is truly better is not just because of Grady Jarrett still being around. It is because of a lot of these new faces that they've brought in. Um, But the loss of Grady is going to be, you know, I think felt. It's going to resonate throughout the locker room, certainly throughout the team and and throughout the community as well. Because, again, he was absolutely a fan favorite, a team captain in every single sense of the word. So I just wanted to pop on here to give you guys um, a few quick thoughts. I'm just going to touch on kind of what it means for the player, uh, then briefly touch on some of the Falcons' internal options and what they've said about the injury so far, and then finally just touch on what this means for the trade deadline and then the Montez Sweat reports that popped up uh, Sunday before the game even started, before Grady Jarrett's injury, but, you know, how that, how the injury could then, you know, maybe impact uh, their decision at the trade deadline. So we're going to get into all of that, but first, with the Major League Baseball postseason, NFL, college football, and NHL in full swing, Bet Online is your number one source for wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions. And the last of the major pro sports leagues kicks off this week, and Bet Online is your top spot for all the NBA action this season. Get everything NBA at your fingertips with both desktop and mobile access for every sport, anytime. Head to Bet Online today to get in on the action. Don't forget to use promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, where the game starts. Okay, so I mentioned what it means for Grady. Obviously, he just turned 30 ahead of this season. The upcoming season will be his, his 10th season, so this was his ninth season as an NFL player, and man, time flies, right? It just seems honestly like yesterday, 2015, watching that draft tick along, knowing how good Grady Jarrett was kind of coming out of Clemson. Obviously, we didn't expect for him to be what he's become, but a lot of Falcons fans were, were saying, hey, Grady Jarrett, right there. Let's take him third round, fourth round. 
boom, keeps going along and the Falcons do end up with a difference maker. Uh, and he has been a mainstay in their uh, in their lineup really for the better half of the, the last decade. I mean, the last time that he missed games was during that 2018 season. And so you're talking about a player who for the last four seasons and for the first half of this year, you just could count on him being in that uh, that defensive rotation and being the key cog in that defensive rotation um, every single game. But I, I mentioned he was off to, you know, not one of his better starts, uh, at least in terms of sacks, right? He had one and a half sacks uh, through really just seven games because, again, he I saw uh, Josh Kendall, I think, say that basically like he played four plays in this game and it really was the first series because I noticed him not in there uh, again after that. And so I'm just going to say that that's seven games pretty much for Grady Jarrett. But but even that, you know, you play almost half a season, one and a half sacks, uh, 23 tackles, um, eight quarterback hits. So again, I think even though this was a little bit of statistically a, a slower start for Grady Jarrett, the impact was there and it passed the eye test for sure, right? The reason that Atlanta's secondary and the reason that kind of their whole defense has been, I think, playing really solidly is because of that interior pressure that is preventing quarterbacks from really stepping up in the pocket. So what you're seeing is when quarterbacks do get a little bit of pressure and they sense it coming around the edge, their comfort zone is to, all right, do I have room in front of me to step up that keeps them in rhythm, that keeps their motion going downfield and it keeps them kind of in rhythm to throw the football. You put it right back on their lap. It's something that Tom Brady struggled with forever. Peyton Manning didn't do. Like quarterbacks hate it when you just can push the pile right back onto them. And so you get Grady Jarrett, you get David Onyemata. Yeah, the sacks up until recently weren't there, but we were talking about that pressure rate being pretty high for Atlanta. At one point, it was third best in the league. That is because of guys like David Onyemata and Grady Jarrett working together. And when the Falcons say, look, we just need guys who can win their one-on-one opportunities, it's because when you have four of those guys and then you're bringing simulated pressures or real pressures with players like Caden Ellis, with players like Richie Grant, it just allows those one-on-one opportunities to be more frequent. And if you can maximize them, you may not get the quarterback to the ground, but you're going to make him move and you're going to kind of get the passing game for the opposing team feeling a little bit antsy. So the loss of Grady Jarrett is absolutely going to be felt in that regard, right? There are just not many players out there across the league who win one-on-one matchups as frequently and and as quickly as Grady Jarrett. Again, he was not doing that so far this year um, to the level we've seen. It's not like he was bad or, or anything at all. We're talking about him being great, great, great at this to being just very good at this this year. But you did feel as though maybe that was going to tick up, right? A, a little bit of a regression of the mean in a positive sense for Grady and that maybe those sacks or those pressures were going to start to come down the stretch after the bye week. Unfortunately, now that is uh, no longer going to be the case. So as we look at for Grady, it really it's just hard because with a player his age now and we're the same age. So I feel weird saying that, but like that's that's the case. You get on the upper side of 30 and then when some injury like this happens, you have to wonder, Okay, is this player going to be able to bounce back? And are we going to see the same player? We've not really seen Grady have to bounce back from a severe injury like this before. So we'll see. 
Um, I'm never going to bet against Grady Jarrett. He has provided ample reason for all of us to totally believe in his ability to get back and get back to a high caliber player. But, you know, it, it's just a little bit of a question in the back of my mind. Um, so obviously wish Grady the very, very best in his recovery. Um, it really sucks to see. But let's go ahead and talk about some of the uh, Falcons kind of options maybe on the interior, right? We saw LaCale London was the first player to really go in for Grady, played the majority of Sunday's game in his stead, at least the, the moments when he wasn't out with his own injury there for a little bit. Also a knee um, is the reason he left that game, but he did return to the action. Um, when he was in there, he did all right. You know, LaCale London was a player who, during training camp, kind of during roster cutdown, I named as as somebody that I thought would be deserving of maybe a final roster spot as a little bit of a long shot. Obviously, got on the practice squad, was call up or was a call up recently, and then did earn um, that that fifty three man roster spot ahead of this game. Now it looks like yeah, he's going to have to be ready to go. Um, you've got Eli Anku. You've got Albert Huggins. Those guys, you know, have been in the rotation a little bit. Taquan Graham, who knows? <laughs> who knows what the Falcons have planned for Taquan Graham? But you have to at least imagine that those guys are going to get an opportunity here to really show what they can do. But the obvious other big notable move that the Falcons could make if they're just looking at guys on the roster to move around would be to take Calais Campbell and you shift him inside. You go with David Onyemata. Then you've got Bud Dupree, Lorenzo Carter. You keep Arnold Evacati probably as your rotational guy. Zach Harrison steps up and starts getting some more reps, which he's already been getting a little bit more. So maybe if you want to go with your big lineup, you move Calais Campbell in there. You keep Zach Harrison on the outside. That's a lot of size. That's a lot of length uh, if you want to go that route. Obviously, Bud Dupree could also be outside of Calais Campbell if you want a little bit more of that kind of solid lineup keep Lorenzo, but then it's it's just that other side that I worry about a little bit more, right? Because Lorenzo Carter, Arnold Evacati, they're they are kind of your more pass rush specialists, even though I think Lorenzo Carter has done a great job uh getting some really athletic tackles for loss this season. He's I don't know if the guy you want really anchoring uh the run where Calais Campbell was great uh at that if you're going to move him inside and and Bud Dupree is also really good. So those were going to be your two base guys kind of there on the outside. Is Zach Harrison ready for that? Maybe, but he's, you know, he's a rookie. And that's going to be asking a lot. So that's, in my mind, kind of the internal options. I think the Calais Campbell move to the inside, pair him with David Onyemata. Could the Falcons, you know, go with some truly hybrid looks here? And could we see them go with more three down linemen and, and use some of their athletic linebackers and kind of Bump Bud Dupree, Lorenzo Carter, Arnold Ebicchetti back to those linebacker type roles, stand them up, move them around, create chaos. You could. Uh, I, I think that that's I think all options, frankly, right now are, are on the table. Um, and and that's kind of what Arthur Smith said about the trade deadline. So let's go ahead and spin this forward. Just talk about. A, the report uh, from Mike Florio, Pro Football Talk, before Sunday's game, that the Falcons had offered a third-round pick for Montez Sweat. Uh, Stone Mountain, Georgia native, it would make a lot of sense. I I love Montez Sweat 
period, right? Even if the Falcons didn't have an injury to Grady Jarrett, even if the Falcons weren't looking for pass rush help, I am just a big fan of Montez Sweat. When he was coming out of college, he was one of the pass rushers that I identified. I just like long, kind of bendy, athletic pass rushers. I really liked Brian Burns coming out. I really liked Montez Sweat coming out. Those guys, you know, a little bit different, but not too, too different in terms of this just long-limbed, athletic, uh, flexible type of pass rusher. I think Montez Sweat obviously has a little bit more of the the pop in his pads, um, can probably hold his own a, a bit more against the run, but let's not kid ourselves. <laughs> you know, he is he would be here to add juice um, to your pass rush. He is currently sixth in the NFL, um, or eighth, excuse me, with six and a half sacks. Um, so far this season, he's tied for eighth with guys like Max Crosby and uh, Hassan Reddick, you know, pretty pretty big names there. Um, he's got half a sack uh, behind Khalil Mack. So again, Montez Sweat, who the Falcons just saw uh, when they played Washington, they would be getting their kind of 1A pass rusher. Would it be on a rental? Because Montez Sweat is is on the final year of his his deal. The Falcons have not been afraid to take that on, right? You look at Jeff Okuda, one-year deal. You look at some of the the previous moves that they've made to bring in guys a lot last year. Some of that had to do with finances. Some of that just, I think they like a makeup of a team where you've got a bunch of guys who really are competing hard for their contract. They're in that contract year, and it is a little bit of a smart incentive that I don't think Dan Quinn and Thomas Dimitrov did enough of late in their run with the team. I don't think they had this cycle of guys coming in and out that you need to keep uh, a roster and a locker room fresh and, you know, just you don't let it get stale. So having a one-year deal with Montez Sweat, and, and if it is truly just a rental, they may look at that as a bonus, right? They may say that's that's not a flaw. That's part of the design here. As we get him, we invigorate this locker room. Maybe you buoy a little bit of a unit that has taken a big hit with Grady Jarrett. That allows you to then, you know, have one more option when you kick Calais Campbell in because the injury to Grady Jarrett is going to impact your overall depth of your defensive line. If you're having Calais Campbell in there now more on some of the different downs than you expected him to be playing when you started this season because they really they did say they wanted him to be kind of an every down player, but he was primarily going to, I think, pitch in on the pass rushing downs. Uh, now, his role has been far beyond, I think, what I expected it to be when they initially made that move. But I think you all get my point. Just by having another player in this mix, it means that they can keep this fresh rotation of defensive linemen like they've had all season long. And it's been a huge, huge feature of this defense is just the different guys I think that they're able to send at quarterbacks and at offensive lines. And you're seeing kind of in the second half, it really starts to wear them down. And then there, that's when those sacks are are kind of coming. So that is a move that I think the Falcons certainly should make because I think Montez Sweat is a good player. If all it's going to take is a third round pick, you know, that's interesting. The Falcons have about $7 million in cap space right now. So I I think that this, because you had an injury to a key starter like Grady Jarrett, I think that creates a little bit more of a necessity for you to make a move for an impact type of player. If this injury had not happened and the Falcons either stood pat or made a smaller move, say sending a, another like seventh round pick for a former 
you know, maybe high profile guy who just wasn't panning out and it was like an upside play, then that would have made a lot of sense to me. But you're sitting at four and four, you're still in first place in the division. If you can go land an impact guy, even if it's not the exact same position, it's still kind of the same position group of your defensive line. And for a third round pick, a day two pick, yeah, it's not great, especially in a draft that I think is pretty deep and and pretty good. And I do wonder if that's going to impact the trade deadline at all, but it's worth it. Again, I like Montez Sweat a lot as a player. I think he would add a lot of value um, to this defense. I think the defense could change a little bit with him on this roster, and it would help them overcome the loss of a player like Grady Jarrett, who I think was pretty vital to the identity of this defense, even if his production was not you know, team-leading. I do think Montez Sweat bring, coming in here provides them a few more avenues for answers here as they try to live a post-Grady Jarrett life and still have playoff aspirations. So for that reason... I would be for them bringing in Montez Sweat. But I, I, again, I would also understand if they didn't. It's just that's harder to feel like you can totally get behind what you've seen from this Falcons team, knowing now that they're going to be without Grady Jarrett. Um, so that's all I got for you guys today. Unfortunately, I was back much quicker than expected to talk about uh, the Grady Jarrett season-ending ACL injury that he suffered against Tennessee. But, yep. It's big news. So I'm here. Those are my thoughts. Uh, appreciate you guys taking the time to listen, hopefully on your drive home. Um, again, stay tuned. Thursday, we will be back with our regular cadence. Probably going to try to get somebody who covers the team pretty closely and is in the building every day to just run through the quarterback situation. Arthur Smith says he's going to give an update or we'll have an answer on Wednesday. So that's probably when I'm going to end to record. You guys will get that episode out bright and early Thursday morning. Um, that will do it for me. As always, today's podcast was presented by Bet Online. Please be sure to check out the episode that just went up this morning uh, with me and Ovi, breaking down that quarterback situation, the Falcons' loss to the Titans, uh, and what lies ahead for Atlanta. Um, so again, that'll do it for me. Thank you guys so much for listening. Until next time, take care. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.